Welcome to the Flex Your Faith Pumpcast. Tonight, we have something really special for you guys. All three of you out there listening. <laughs> it's going to be a movie review. We're going to talk about the big screen, the silver screen, and hopefully this entertainment is going to be pure gold. See what he did there? <laughs> I saw. That was pretty cool. <laughs> did you hear what I did? Ladies and gentlemen... Before we get ahead of ourselves, make sure that you subscribe and that you favorite, whatever you got to do. You know how the internet works, but go to anchor.com slash pumpcast. That's P-U-M-P cast. Okay. So in the studio tonight, we have legal counsel, Brandon Trent, and I want to make sure I get this <laughs> <Mall> right. <dog. laughs> and now that's Juris Doctorate Esquire is how you ask to be introduced. No. And okay. it's actually Juris Doctor. People always say doctorate and they put it and it's actually, it's wrong. It's those, Juris Doctor. Those idiots. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand when people do that. No, I don't need any titles after my name. The, the, truthfully, the professional way to do it normally is when you address someone else. If I were to write a letter to another attorney, I would put Esquire after their name. You don't ever put it after your name. It's like kind of pretentious okay uh, like if i were to write a letter and sign it at the end i don't put esq trent esq but if someone were writing me one usually that's it's kind of just the the courtesy but so esquire i mean it's i'm a knight basically uh, <laughs> yes in multiple countries <laughs> so it's brandon's first time in the studio brandon trent escort and then <laughs> yeah to his Left is going to be a second-time returning favorite of the show, Corey Howell. Corey Howell, are you? <laughs> I'm good, actually. Okay, that's mm -hmm. enough. All right, so uh, today on the show, we're going to talk Oscars, or as I like to refer to them, the Blaskers. Because <laughs> <laughs> if this whole episode's full of puns, dude, you've already <laughs> lost your audience. <laughs> I didn't watch the Oscars, but uh, I think that you guys are up to date on them. And then I'm just going to act almost as an MC this evening. I'm in the producer's chair, which is unfamiliar territory with me. I'm highly underqualified for it, but it should be a lot of fun. And uh, everyone's mic levels have been checked. I think we're ready to roll. So here's our first question. It's a little bit off topic, but I think it's a good warm up. Brandon, did you have something? <laughs> oh, no. I'm just ready for the question. Okay. He's, oh, man. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. All right, um, let's start here. Jamie Foxx, was he ever good, and is he good now? <laughs> At any point in time, uh, go. Uh, yeah, he was good. Uh, he was good in Collateral. Uh, that is about it. No, I will say this. I, I liked Collateral kind of got his jump start. That was the same year he did Ray, where he won Best Actor Oscar. And then he turned into a prima donna. Because uh, of the Oscar. He got, yeah, because of the Oscar. He was filming a uh, another Michael Mann movie, which was Miami Vice. And I actually thought he did a great job about in that movie. Uh, you know, I remember, I saw an article once where Michael Mann was talking about how one of the cool things that Jamie Foxx was able to do with his hip hop background was the way that he kind of had like a rhythm and a cadence to the way he said his lines it was very much like intimidating as a cop. And so when you look at some of those scenes, like Jamie Foxx really does bring the hammer, but behind the scenes of that movie, when he demanded that his name gets top billing over Colin Farrell's 
And when he actually ended up changing the entire ending of that movie because of a shootout that happened in Cuba or wherever they were shooting the movie at the time, he demanded that it gets sent back to the United States. Otherwise, he would shut down the entire movie. That's where we start to see a little bit of the prima donna side of Jamie Foxx come into play. And I really don't think he's done anything of note since then. So the Oscar can be somewhat of a, a cancer for some of these guys' careers, or at least their ego. Yeah. Brandon, follow up. Yeah, I was just trying to look <clears throat> to remember. Obviously, I'd agree with, with Corey that Collateral, great movie. You know, we could go on a, on a whole podcast on whether Tom Cruise is good or whether, you know, his, his career arc. But that was a good, I mean, that's one of my personal favorite yeah. Tom Cruise performances. And Jamie Foxx was good in it. It was, you know, subtle acting from, from him. Um, but, yeah, I think his kind of <clears throat> career arc moving forward from there. I mean, he did Ray. Obviously, he was good in Ray. I was trying to remember who he was uh, nominated, who else he went up against. And it was pretty pretty stacked uh, year when Ray was up. So, Jamie Foxx won the Academy Award for his performance uh, in, in Ray. He was up against Don Cheadle from Hotel Rwanda, Johnny Depp in Finding Neverland, Leonardo DiCaprio, oh. Leonardo DiCaprio in The Aviator, and Clint Eastwood in Million Dollar Baby. Wow. And he bested all of them. Interesting. That's a, that's a heavy hitter wow. kind of category. That's the Those were some good flicks, too. That's the power of intersectionality. So um, I guess moving right along... From Jamie Foxx. From, from, we could do a deep dive. Now, I will say, I thought he was good in Django Unchained. That was I mean, good. You know what? Yeah. I Actually, he was okay in that, but then I heard that Will Smith was originally up for the role, and I really want to see that better. movie. Really want to see that movie with Will Smith as the lead. I really don't want to see that movie. Did you know that Will Smith turned down The Matrix? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. For which role? Neo? Neo. Or? Okay. Yeah. And now he's going to be the genie. What other? In the Aladdin live animated cannibalistic Disney eating itself into oblivion. <laughs> you say eating itself and Disney says, we found a great way to make money. <laughs> yeah, let's the take what we've, we've already done. done. Let's literally take. And just re-release yeah. it. There was a boardroom meeting at one point in time and someone said, Let's do it again, but without colored pencils this time. <laughs> and they cheered. No writers needed. <laughs> yeah, no the writing. work's done. <laughs> Literally, you, the music, done. I mean, Lion King is going to be interesting to see. Cause yeah. I actually that, liked The Jungle Book. I thought John Favreau did a great job with The Jungle Book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I'm interested to see The Lion King. Because that, that'll be one where there's... I mean, there's no people at all. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to this in, in, here in a second. There really is no like dive in or meet segment that we do. We're just going to bounce around on topics. But uh, the Jungle Book reminded me of something that Netflix, you know, recently did. Oh, yes. And we're going to talk a little bit about the quality of the big screen versus the streaming uh, juggernaut that is Netflix. And talk about the Fire Festival documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because Hulu also has a competing documentary yeah. about that. Burning Man. <laughs> uh, I want to circle back around really quick because I, 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 I want to make sure that um, I bring this up. When we were talking about Will Smith and how he turned down the Matrix, um, Brandon, it seemed like maybe there was some uh, uncertainty on what cast member he might have replaced. Who were, other than Neo, who do you think that he would have gone for? Well, I don't know if he was going to be 
Morpheus. Yeah, all right, you're a racist. All right, so then uh, <laughs> moving along here. <laughs> uh, I didn't know is... Alex Jones was not, was emceeing this. <laughs> he was deplatformed. Okay. <laughs> hey, Joaquin Phoenix. Leaf, Again? Leaf Phoenix. We haven't talked about Joaquin. You and I talked about him last time we were on this show. Did we? Yeah, I brought him up. Okay, well, Brandon's here now, so it's going to be way better. Yeah, and actually, I have not talked with Brandon about his thoughts on the Joker movie either. I'm very curious to know. We can talk about River Phoenix as well. Yes. Yeah. Stand by me. Yes, before the name change. Also before, we sh- I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say... The name change? River Phoenix died. No, Leaf Phoenix. Joaquin used to be known as Leaf Phoenix. Oh. Okay. River is his brother. I'm yeah. not talking about River. Stand by me. He is. Oh. Wasn't he also in... Was he in Dead Poets Society? Possibly. There are a lot of people in that. Yeah. You don't... Robin Williams, you don't... He's taken some sort of a hiatus. So, like, Robin Williams, Jack Nicholson, you don't see a lot of these guys in, in movies anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jack Nicholson, for... We're not sure. Robin Williams, obviously, I think the... He's retired. Well, unfortunately... Speaking of uh, retiring, this podcast went dark real quick. (laughs) What about Seymour Hoffman? Because uh, some of the things that I have written down here is with Joaquin Phoenix, what do you guys prefer? uh, Just kind of bounce back and forth between each other. But the performance of her falling in love with an operating system, the master with some might say the master, you know, a la Seymour Hoffman uh, and the gladiator. So which one of these performances would you guys prefer throughout uh, the career of Joaquin? That's a interesting question. You know, his uh, his performance in Gladiator was really, really good. Because I don't know if you've ever... I mean, think of a c- character that, you know, maybe no one from that point up until hmm. Eli and There Will Be Blood. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been, like, more against the character? You love to hate. Yeah. yeah. Just like, I can't wait for this person to bite it. And so, <laughs> I, I mean... In a horrible way. Yeah. So he was really good in, in Gladiator. I mean, that was such a early version of, I mean, you saw, I, it, that's definitely not my, he was really good in that role. Not my favorite Joaquin Phoenix role. I. He's a very versatile actor as far as I'm concerned. I mean, and he obviously is very choosy as to what roles he does. Some things have panned out. Some things haven't. You know, I'm not there. Kind of a weird time. Yeah. You know, no one knew really what to think with that. But, I mean, I, I like all – I mean, all his, his roles. I mean, her I – thought, I thought her was a really cool concept. Um, it's interesting to have – I mean, I mean, you give Joaquin Phoenix the opportunity to just interact with a voice, you know, a voice in his head and, and see what – you know what pans out and i like i think he's he's really good at just he, he's good at playing that kind of awkward like character uh and you know kind of socially awkward i mean mm-hmm. I, he was he was perfect at that um i mean again he's more of a subtle but he can't i mean he can be over the top too and, and stuff but i i like his more subtle roles and so i like her i mean i liked him uh even I mean I liked him in Walk the Line too. I mean he had mm-hmm. some good moments in that. I think honestly, I think honestly, if if uh, going back to, to uh, 
circle all the way back around to Jamie Foxx. I think if Jamie Foxx had not won for Ray the year before, I think that Joaquin Phoenix would yeah. have won for playing Johnny Cash, but it was too who, much. I was going to say, who was he up against that year? I don't know. We're going to have to look. But I was going to say, I've actually not seen two of those three. I've not seen The Master or her. Um, oh. wanted to, but I just, and it was like, I never got around to it. Her just reminded me too much of like a, uh, if you guys have ever seen Lars and the Real Girl, I that Ryan Gosling movie, it just seemed like it was so similar to that in concept only instead, you know, it's, it's with a, what AI or whatever Scarlett Johansson was. Plus the fact she was in it, I was kind of already, uh, disinterested in seeing <laughs> it to begin with there. Um, he was good in Gladiator. Uh, I'm trying to think. I like him too. He's another one of those where his indie films he does better in, right. rather than the major releases. Which I don't even think he does many major releases ever. But uh, that's why I am all the more curious to see what he does with this Joker movie coming out. Uh, there's just it's just such an odd, interesting blend with what's going on with this movie. Number one, like I'd mentioned before, the fact that this movie is not taking place in the Justice League universe. It's its own separate DC universe apart from everything. Uh, I'm curious to see, you know, him taking on a major comic book role like this, him working with a typical comedy director and Todd Phillips. Um, But also, the only thing I guess I'm worried about with this movie is, you know, I mean, I don't know if you... (laughs) Have you wasted any of your life watching Gotham? Of I watched a little bit of the first season. <laughs> yeah, and, same and, here. And that's and I was just it was too I don't even know the word. It, it just it was too TV. Like yeah. well, and I guess the thing like that series on I think honestly who's ever created Gotham, like I, I get that you know, Fox is there, but that ser- I mean, why not put that series on HBO? How much, how much better? Yeah. Could you, you know, Make how much like more, the wire. yeah. How yeah. much more could you do with a series like that on HBO or, you know, a, uh, a, a Netflix series or, you know, or something like that, that you, you know, are able to, uh, yeah. Now I, it's almost like they tried making it too much. The villain of the week kind of a show. Where it's like, okay, oh, yeah. let's do this big rogues gallery, which Batman has the best rogues gallery. So, I mean, you can easily stretch that along. The thing I hated with it is that you have this little kid, Bruce Wayne, and you have like the Riddler and Penguin who are in their 30s starting crime. By the time this kid grows up to be Batman, they're going to be geriatrics that he's beating up. <laughs> and the guy who played the Penguin, it was just like too weird. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was, like, <laughs> I have, that's what I'm a little concerned about with this Joker like- movie. He looked like Todd from Wedding Crashers. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's seriously, that's what he looked like. That's how he just the weird hair, yeah. and the weird demeanor. But that's what I'm concerned about with the Joker movie. Is that again, I know that you know Joaquin being the Joker as a 40 year old, he's going up. They say he's going up against like you know Thomas Wayne as this Donald Trump like politician. And so again, if Thomas Wayne's alive, Bruce Wayne's still a little kid. And so it's like, uh, yeah. And so that's where there's rumors flying around online. Is he even playing the real Joker? And it's like, if he's not, then what's the point of this movie? And so, I don't know. That's I'm holding out reservation till I see a trailer. But it's it. There's just a lot of things that are weird about it. That, but again, with Joaquin in the role, I I'm excited to see what he does with it. There's a lot of potential. Yeah, uh, I think that um the reason why I'm hesitant is because based on some of his previous career missteps, 
I, I hope that it's not just a one big marketing ploy, mm. but let's say it's not given benefit of the doubt. Is this a departure from the regular DC universe a little bit like Venom was to where they're trying to create their own timeline? I hope not that it's not like what Venom was. I mean, you didn't like that? I don't. I just. No. I mean, I. Corey's a big fan of Tom Hardy's performance in that. And you're not? No, I am. I'm I cool feel like with he Tom carried Har- it. I mean, I'm cool with Tom Hardy across the board. I'll, I'll preface that. I think it's. I'm glad. Unfortunately, what we've seen in the DC universe is it's just—I mean, they're playing—they're playing such catch up to yeah. to Marvel, and I think—and I don't know that I just feel like they can't find it. It, it just strike every every movie just strikes me as they're just like clawing at the walls, like what what's going to stick, what can you know, what can hang tight or anything yeah. like that. And I just—I don't think they've found it yet. So I'm happy that it's something that's outside of the mm-hmm. of the the DC universe that's been created because unfortunately I just think there's been some missteps in the DC universe that's been yeah. created. But unfortunately for me, I think most of that's been fan created and it aggravates me. I think people have gotten so used to and so content with the way Marvel does things. They want things light hearted, uh, colorful and bright and for whatever reason a comic book movie must be funny. I mean, to the point where you go on Netflix right now and Thor Ragnarok is listed under the comedy section. I I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I you look at some of the comics with Thor right now. I mean, he is it's very much a Viking warrior esque comic. And that's why I, as much as I did enjoy Ragnarok and laughed to death in it, I hate that that's become what the status quo is. And now you know, with all of the fan backlash towards Zack Snyder, we're like, oh, it's too dark. It's it's not colorful enough. The humor was awful. And then what do they do? They get Joss Whedon and fire Zack Snyder, bring him into the Justice League, and it's a big jumbled mess. And now, granted, it seems to have done wonders with Aquaman. I mean, I haven't personally seen it yet myself, but, you know, I, I personally, I kind of miss what Zack Snyder... I thought Man of Steel was the greatest one in the DC Universe. I kind of miss... Agreed that that kind of uh you know style of movie making and how different it was it really did feel epic it really felt as though like my favorite scene that when the you know superman's getting beaten down by the terraforming machine and then you have it juxtaposed with the scene where perry white's trying to rescue his co-workers you know jenny from the the building and then hans zimmer's music is just building louder and louder We've talked about the soundtrack many times i mean oh. talk about a per like just is that a- your favorite brandon I mean, in the DC universe, okay. yeah. I just I mean, got chills that, thinking about yeah. that scene again. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, and I think it's a mistake to have gotten rid of Zack Snyder too. Yeah, I, mean, I enjoy what you know. Every now, I mean, I watch The Watchmen like every, you know, and that got ripped year. too. Yeah, it got ripped. It got terrible. And really, when you watch it, it's like, well, this is just a dark. I mean, this is a dark superhero movie. Like, there's that people are dying. Like mm-hmm. this, you know, and. It's supposed to be a deconstruction of superheroes. That's what Alan Moore meant when he wrote that comic. It, it's to take a look at what if Superman really did exist in our world. He would be like Dr. Manhattan, who becomes this detached, careless, uh, you know, godlike person, because that's what you know Superman was kind of like, this godlike person who he can't relate to humanity. He can't relate to mankind, and so therefore he becomes more and more detached. That's what Watchmen was supposed to be, and yet, again, people had to whine and complain about how dark and just morbid it was, and I was like, no, it was a good ac- 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 adaptation. And 
So I don't know. I think that just with the power of social media and, you know, the person who yells the loudest gets his way kind of a thing, I, I just don't like that that has been the downfall of D.C. by and large. And so, um, I, uh, albeit I am excited to see what other new movies they do that's their own standalone films, not connected to a wider universe. I think that's what's going to be that what separates them and differentiates them from uh, from Marvel. Well, I'm really excited about this because uh, next week, actually it opens in, in three days, but I usually go on matinee Tuesdays to save some money. But I know that uh, Captain Marvel is coming out and I'm withholding any judgment on that. Look, I'm, I'm strictly seeing it for entertainment value and because it is the latest lineup in the Marvel timeline. And that's the only reason. And it's, you know, I admit that. But this is perfect the way that this all worked out because uh, the next note I have here on our segment is Aquaman, which we've already touched on a little bit, versus Black Panther as far as a head-to-head um, sort of, you know, released very close to each other. They have the same color palette, very bright, very happy. One was ultra successful. Uh, the other one, we don't know how it's going to go as, as what far as... What are you talking as, about? It's like 800 million right now overall. It's like... I didn't know we were interrupting each other. <laughs> Before we go to this, I want to close off the the I want to close off the Joaquin Phoenix thing and just okay. say I I agree. I'm ex- I mean, I'm interested to see what it's going to be, you know, what it's going to be like from what his Joker is going to be like. I will say, so I did just wa- I texted you guys. I did just watch The Master last night. Um and I it's one of those movies too like you. I just I've never gotten a, like I've never gotten around to it and that was, was your sc- first time? Yeah. Oh wow. I've never seen it. So I was scrolling through Netflix and I was just like, oh, this is on here. And uh, I knew it's a, it's a movie that Jessica probably wouldn't be into. So she had gone over to her parents for something. And I'm like, I'm just going to I'm going to see how I feel about this. So it was I mean, yeah, it was. Corey, you you would like it just from the standpoint of talk about some heavy hitters just like going mm. at it. I mean, there's some awesome scenes just between Oh yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin mm. and it's just like I mean, they're they're I mean, they're just phenomenal. So it's it's a very and the soundtrack's awesome. Johnny Greenwood did did the music mm-hmm. on it. So right at the beginning you get, you know, you feel like there will be blood kind of vibes in in the soundtrack and it's mm. an interesting story, a lot of, you know, in true Paul Thomas Anderson fashion, Man. a lot of a lot of themes and stuff going on that you know you got to really think hard about and yeah he really knows how to do a zero action filled talky drama and keep you hooked yes i would love to see him get with a like an aaron sorkin screenplay yeah knock it out of the park yeah you like it i'm surprised you haven't seen it it's really Mm -hmm. layered interesting there's a lot yeah so i mean joaquin is you know, I, I think he's. I'll be interested to see mm-hmm. whether, because obviously every movie decision, you know, it's. Like we said, I mean, Ray, ever since Jamie Foxx won the Oscar for Ray, nothing that he's done has even come close from like a performance aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, I mean, uh, Miami Vice was good. I, you know, Corey and I have talked about that many times, but at least from like from looking at him, saying, "Man, that's a guy who like." That's like a leading man who maybe could be, you know, in the discussion for, you know, awards or in the, you know, in the like top, you know, top five leading men in Hollywood. He just hasn't ever reached back to that point. So I'll be interested to see no. does Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, does it get him back into that? Wow, it's, you know, a phenomenal, you know, performance. And 
if he even wants it. Yeah. He strikes me as the guy. I remember it was probably for her. I just remember one time when he was nominated for the Oscars, like his whole post, I'm going to be a rapper, uh, psych kind of a thing. Uh, and I remember like after they'd show the video clip and the camera always goes to them in the audience and he's just chewing gum, looking down like, I know I'm not going to win. Just give it to Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> again. And then, and so he just strikes me as the kind of guy that he really does hate the whole Hollywood spotlight kind of a thing. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah, he, he gives me that vibe too. And you wonder too in playing the Joker, does he, you know, say, well, look what, you know, Heath Ledger died from, you know, obviously a lot of own, of his own personal demons, but I think, you know, the playing the role of the Joker didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he did a pretty deep dive into that yeah. and, I, and that, you know, and kind of never came out of it was the, you know, the assessment. So you wonder if, you know, Joaquin, who has already shown, he can do some deep dives and <laughs> some, <laughs> some weird some dark stuff. areas. Yeah. So he, but you know, maybe does he, does he always want to kind of stay out of the spotlight because of, you know, because of things like that. So hmm. be interesting. But now back to uh, Aquaman versus uh, Black Panther. Well, I know that I'm Best eliminating. Best of all time. <laughs> I'm eliminating 33% of our in-studio guests uh, with this conversation. But you definitely should definitely watch The Master and Aquaman. I'm, I'm surprised. Oh, I you want haven't. to. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. And plus, it's coming out on Blu-ray at the end of this month. I'll probably pick it up. Then. So might as well wait. So without spoilers... Uh, since Corey hasn't seen it yet, between seen what Aquaman, I haven't either. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Sixty-six percent now. Fool. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> Let's skip this track. Let's uh, bring up Black Panther and its uh, quote-unquote domination at the Oscars, or as you put it, the Blaskers. Have we all seen Black Panther? Yes. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Unfortunately, so I thought it was a really good entry for uh, you know. <laughs> A PlayStation cutaway scene of claymation figurines fighting each other in a gravity-free environment. Other than that, I I don't get it. I feel like it it deserved nowhere near the credit that it got, nowhere near the attention that it got. Underrated performance by Forrest Whitaker. (laughs) Forrest Whitaker? Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, in he that. was in that. I, I forgot that too. Immediately, I started thinking uh, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, Rogue One. Yeah, <laughs> he was on oxygen. You know, <laughs> I can see Forrest in in one of the brainstorming meetings with the script writers. They try to keep him out, and he always like sneaks in through the door. Hey guys, I'm thinking something like uh, like an inhaler or some sort of an apparatus that I have to breathe into. Forrest, it's been done with Darth Vader. No, 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 no. It, you're gonna love it. <laughs> anyway, I forgot that he was in that. No, I think um, Michael B. Jordan killed is... Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> yes, yeah, he did. It's all coming back to me now. This yeah, is... now I kind of want to go back and rewatch it just for that. I sense almost everything in life, movies, experience, everything in generalities. So I don't really remember or recall specifics, but my overall theme that I remember about that movie was I'll just never get that time back. <laughs> And it wasn't a bad movie. I think the reason why I had such a knee-jerk reaction to it, it was almost like an Avatar-esque reaction by yeah. mankind to where they were like, if you haven't seen this movie, you you must go see it yeah. because your life will hit a pivot point and everything's going to be blissful. No, no. And I remember you and I were there. I think it was the Tuesday after the opening weekend. Right. And it was, so it was really, there was a lot of hype for it, but it was pre the blow up that it is now. 
And I remember you and I talking and thinking that, okay, you know, this, at least Marvel did something original. My favorite joke about the MCU is that, you know, my favorite movie about Marvel is the the one where the main character gets superhero powers <laughs> and he's cocky and arrogant and doesn't want his superhero powers. Then some tragedy befalls him where he realizes he needs the superhero powers and then he, he decides to embrace his hero. Teachable moment. Which which movie am I talking about, Aaron? C- coming of age. And, oh, that for- doesn't sound familiar. You forgot about right. the sky beam. <laughs> oh, yeah. The sky beam coming out. Well, they did away with that after phase two, I think. Right. But that's the thing. All of these Marvel movies are all the same, and I get so bored with the same stupid story. That's why I don't want to see Captain Marvel, and I really think Marvel's starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel with their superheroes now. Oh, goodness. Here come the feminists. But um, with Black Panther, I remember thinking, hey, at least they did something original. It, this is different than what I've seen with the other first movies in a franchise. But that was about it. Right. I, I wasn't still left thinking about it after I left the theaters. And I really didn't think it was a genre game changer like Dark Knight was or, in my personal opinion, Dark Knight Rises even. Um, just with some of the technical merits of that and just uh, you know storytelling and, and concluding a trilogy to actually put a cap and an ending. Man, what a great ending that was for Dark Knight Rises. I really didn't feel like Black Panther had the same game-changing mentality that literally everybody for the last year has said it has. It almost seems like it's picked up more momentum as times passed. Uh, and I don't know if you have a counterpoint on that, but it seems like you agree, Brandon. But like, what do you think the main reason is for the accolades and just everything that it's got? Well, I just watched it on Saturday. So, and solely in preparation for this podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, and yeah, I share the same sentiments as ever. It was, it was fine. It wasn't, you know... Nothing blew me away. There was no, um, there was no performance in it that Mm-mm. really like blew me away. I can't even really recall an action scene that still stuck with me. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of one like, one action scene like towards you know almost towards the end with uh, you know with Michael B. Jordan once he's in the Black Panther suit. Truthfully, I thought Michael B. Jordan was like the you know, the best kind of performance in in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, you know, not to spoil anything for any of the millions of listeners out there, but he he didn't make it at the <laughs> end of the movie. So, I mean, obviously, anything's possible in the Marvel universe. But sure, um, yeah, I thought. I mean, they have a stone for that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we saw what happened to the Avengers. I mean, a lot, a lot Snap of them are gone. But uh, I think that. I think you know the biggest thing for it. It was some. It was something different. It was a little bit of a different. I mean, obviously, it's looking um, completely at, at, at a, you know at a superhero that really I mean a lot of people had no no introduction to whatsoever. So, you know, I think to that point it was because so many so many other things have been done. Um, you know, some poorly, some you know some not, but there's at least some sense of you know where people know about you know the hulk or people have known yeah. about iron man or spider-man or you know any, anything like that because they've been trying to make movies you know with them for you know i mean there's a a, a graveyard of of uh of care of of actors who have you know tried to step into those roles and it just hasn't happened so i think the origin you know the originality uh, of it in that sense of of here's here's a superhero that really not that you know nobody has been around technically in the marvel universe for a long time um if you look at the publication history but technically nobody's you know nobody's made a movie about nobody really 
knows all that much about and here's a completely different world you know that that we can create and i think that was the the buzz i i don't i, I mean to be honest with you i i really and watching the Oscars and things like that, and you know, like Corey and I have talked. I mean, the things that it won for, like production design and <laughs> costumes, and uh, you know, things like that. I mean, it's a lot of per usual in, in the Marvel world. A lot of CGI in this. You know, the production design. I mean, you have whole production sets that would be. I mean, literally, Wakanda is not real, folks. Yeah. It's not a real city. It was all computer graphic. How can somebody get an Oscar, the most prestigious award for set design, production design, when it's all done on a computer? If that's the route we're going to take, and again, maybe I'm wrong. I really wish I would have looked this up beforehand. Maybe the, the Academy started changing and they started doing more you know, CGI stuff for that category. But, I mean, if that's what we're going to start doing, then goodness Where's Andy Serkis's Oscar for all of the CGI work he's done as Gollum, as well? I just went blank there. I know he was Snoke in Star Wars, so, but what else is he? Oh, the, Planet, Planet of, the of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stellar work in those movies. Those are some good movies. Andy Serkis was in Black Panther as well. Yeah, right. Oh my Not goodness! For, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Wait, forgot. where's his Oscar for that? <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't a CGI character. He had a CGI arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But rest assured, he told those guys how to do it properly. Uh, yeah, he was I good. Just, Actually, I take that back. He was go- he was good in it as a good you know. And then he died. <laughs> yes, just like Michael B. Jordan. So <laughs> at the hands of Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, shot yeah. many times. Yes, <laughs> gangster style. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. It's a you know the the thing now is it's just superhero movies have just taken over. I mean, in the Marvel, it, it's the thing that I hate is, is I wonder how many, I wonder how many movies can't even get off the, you know, the floor at all to even yeah. ha- be in the conversation to get made because it's a matter of, we got to have, it's got, there's got to be a superhero, you know, we got to have a superhero movie or it's we got to have a sequel or a remake a sequel or a remake, or we got to make sure it can be in 3d so that we can in a, you know, and as we segue into a discussion about some net, you know, Netflix and stuff, but as we're getting into a world in which less people are going to the movies and, and I think we're, we're going to have to, uh, you know, the movie industry is going to have to realize what, you know, what is profitability? What, what is it, you know, how, how do we make money from movies in a world where less and less people are going to the movies? And I think what you're seeing is, well, we got to make sure we got to get that extra three bucks a ticket for mm. the three, you know, for the 3d glasses or, you know, or anything like that. So I think it's unfortunate. Like I'm, I'm just kind of, I've felt for a while now I'll see him, you know, I'll watch them all. Yeah, I'll watch Captain, you know, Captain Marvel. I mean, Brie Olsen, I mean, you, you know. She's stellar actress. Don't get me wrong in yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to Marvel I, for, you know, pick, you know, being able to pick up, uh, you know, Academy Award winners left and right. Yes. Forrest Whitaker, uh, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Last King of Scotland, don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> A young James McAvoy in that as well. Um I mean, really, the best super the best superhero movie I've seen in in a while is is Deadpool. And the second Dead- one, I, I felt the second one eclipsed the first. I don't know what your feelings are on that. Yeah. Okay. 
It's nice to see, nice uh, for Josh Brolin to get two characters in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. That's right. And he had a trifecta this summer with those two movies and Sicario sequel. Yep. Man. Yeah, yeah Josh. The brolin Assance. Is that a thing? Hashtag trend that. Retweet that. No, it won't happen. Re-whatever re you do with Instagram that. So speaking of, you know, movie profiteering and the fact that you have to have XYZ ingredients in order to make it to the big screen... Let's talk uh, shortly about, and we're kind of rounding third base here, but let's talk about something that we, we mentioned earlier, Netflix and their gigantic push. Uh, I read an article, and I, I don't remember the time frame. It, it may have been extrapolated over five or six years, but they have a billion dollars slated in original um, movies and an original production over the next X amount of years, which I think, first of all, is amazing. They are definitely the digital juggernaut uh, that we're, we're dealing with now in today's day and age. But, Corey, you had some opinions on this as far as their... I always do. Their, uh, their streaming content, you know, uh, starting out with getting uh, A-list actors by the likes of Brad Pitt or, you oh, know, War yeah. Machine or with Will Smith, with all of these, these different yeah, actors that, that are coming on board. Yeah. What's your feeling on that? Because you made a great comparison between what we see on Netflix as entertainment and what we see on the big screen as it just seems like a level up. What seems like a level up? When you actually make it to the theaters. Like oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, on that. aside from the whole idea that there's the movie going experience, you have a bigger screen that I don't think too many people out there have a TV-sized equivalent in their living room, theater room, whatever the case is. But you have the ginormous screen. You have... What, like an 11.1 surround sound system, if not higher or more? Um, you know, and, and you get to have that experience of sitting in a theater and just in a darklit room. You know, you're, you're away from your phone, all these other kinds of distractions. There's something about, like, enjoying a movie experience like that versus the comfort of your own home. Um, but the point I had made earlier with all of these Netflix originals, I think the one that really kick-started it off was last year with Will Smith's Bright. Um, which, you know, we kind of talked, we all kind of enjoyed, even though it got panned and just, you know, ripped apart. And let's not forget, I mean, uh, oh goodness, I'm going to blank on his name. Uh, Joel Osteen. No, (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to him later. (laughs) That's in the fun, that's in the fundraising portion of the podcast. (laughs) Um, I can't leave it. He was in warrior. He was the brother in Warrior with Tom Hardy. He played the orc in Bright. Oh, that's right. What's his name? Someone has to look that up right now, but it's going to drive me crazy. Michael Jenkins. (laughs) (laughs) Phoenix. Um, But anyway, it started with that movie like back in December, and we kind of liked it. Joel Egerton. That's right, Egerton. Egerton. Oh, did he already say it? I just remembered. (laughs) Um, But I remember watching it. I'm like, oh, this is a really awesome movie. Can't see watching it in the theater though right it just didn't have like that kind of uh theater mentality about it and a lot of these movies that have come out like i remember seeing the the trailer for that chris pine led movie it was like a spinoff of braveheart where he was you know robert the bruce the outlaw king or whatever and i was like ah you know i haven't seen chris pine in anything in a while oh is he the new cuba gooding jr Am I going to go to like family video and see like eight movies of his that went straight to DVD? Snow dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's not forget before Cuba, it was our boy Val Kilmer. He had a nice lineup on that straight DVD rack of just awful, awful movies with, of course, 50 Cent. I think he did a couple with him. 
But I just can't help but think when I see these movies on Netflix, I get a certain made-for-DVD, made-for-video you know, quality about them and not like a we're going to release this to mass theaters, to mass audiences. It's just weird. It almost seems like just lower production value, and I don't really see any of them, probably with the exception of the Coen Brothers' Ballad of Buster Scruggs. That was probably the only one where I thought, okay, this is cinema quality. But even at that, I thought it was... I it's enjoyed it. Different. It, it wasn't it's, the typical Coen Brothers, though. Yeah, it's different. I mean, I just you get a different vibe, a different feel. Like, did you watch Bird Box? No, no, okay. I did not. My wife did, and she didn't care for it too much. We watched it, and I honestly was just tired of hearing, you know, just seeing yeah. tweets about it and right. hearing stuff. So I'm like, let me just check it out. And it was, yeah, I felt there were some parts in it that I'm like, oh, this is good. Uh, but, I mean, they got, you know, I mean, you got Sandra Bullock in it. You got John Malkovich in it. What? Um, yeah. Jo- wow. Yeah. John Malkovich is in it. Um, that guy from Lord of the Rings. Who? Wasn't he in Lord of the Rings? He played the... John, John Malkovich? Malkovich? No. No, the, the little guy. No? Elijah Are Wood? Are you asking if the little guy from Lord of the Rings was in... Bird Box, or are you asking, is John Malkovich in Lord of the Rings? The first thing you said. A little, I don't A remember. little guy. He was the bad guy that was a... Uh, uh, Gollum. Oh. That's Andy Serkis, who we just no. spent the last conversation talking about. No, Serksy wasn't in this. I'm talking about, uh, who's the main bad guy in the house that he opens everyone's eyes and... He was not. That is, uh, I'm just looking. Tom Tom oh, Hollander. Oh, that guy. He's in Pride and Prejudice. That's and... what I'm thinking of. Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> okay. Very pretty. Pride si- and Prejudice. Lord of the Rings. Pretty similar <laughs> same, to same thing. Lord of the Rings. I mean, I heard that Mr. Darcy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I heard movie. Peter Jackson was in the running to uh, direct Pride and Prejudice, but decided mm-hmm. to go with Lord of the Rings instead. <laughs> <laughs> he thought one was going to make a little bit more money. <laughs> and also create, you know. In, I thought he was the burglar. Uh, I, I got the. No, I they get looked, the two I mean, he kind of looks similar. But, yeah. Um, Different guy, Sherlock. Yeah, but I'm like Bird, you know, Bird Box. I mean, yeah, the the production value. Yeah, it didn't feel like <laughs> this was something that you know was in a movie. Like, did you see a Quiet Place? Yeah, I I kind of liked that. I actually yeah. wanted it to be more of a horror movie. Yeah. And it wasn't, but I liked it. And it was like, oh, this is a quiet place, but with blind people. Or you can't see. Yeah, or whatever. Th- that's exactly how I felt. I felt like, okay, a quiet place was better. And did you see it in the theater? Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. fantastic in the theater. Yeah, it was great. Aaron, you probably watched it on your phone, didn't you? Yeah, I watched it on the big <laughs> screen of my Samsung. Yeah. And that screen is big. We're talking um, five inches. What's the speaker like on it? Dolby Atmos. <laughs> One. <laughs> One I, Dolby Atmos. Can I just Atmos. say real quick that when I went to see the when I went to see the Quiet Place, I saw the Quiet Place alone. By the way. Oh. Um, that's sad. So I went. Um, it was like in the middle of the day. I just whatever didn't have instead anything of esquiring you were yeah <laughs> you were out watching on a, on a weekend. Uh, <laughs> but so you know, obviously, it's very. I mean, the movie's very quiet for, especially in that beginning, that opening, you know, where they're, we're in the store and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. The suspense. So, so I'm sitting there and there's people 
behind me who I just knew as soon as the, the previews were going, like, these are going to be some, these are some talkers. These are some people who they want to, you know, have some comments and oh, yeah. agree with each other a little bit on what's, what's going on. And I mean, that, that opening scene is going and it's just like popcorn bag, just like, <laughs> and then, um, you know, when the, uh, the chips, no, when the, when the spaceship falls. Oh yeah. 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 And somebody, t- somebody, <laughs> the the kid catches it. The person behind me, they like lean over. They're like, "That was a good catch." <laughs> and they say it like that loud. And then they're like walking, and they're like, "You can't hear anything." And they're just talking to each other. And I'm sitting in front of them. And oh I'm just my thinking, gosh! I got up and moved. I couldn't. Good. I couldn't take it. I had to. And I made a. I I, I didn't get up and move. Uh, without them knowing that I was moving definitely <laughs> because they were being loud. So, um, yeah, I mean the quiet, but the quiet place, like the quiet place and bird box were a perfect, a perfect like I- example of, okay, here's a quiet place deserved to be in a movie theater. Production yeah. value was good. Did a nice job. It was enjoyable to watch in a movie theater. And then a quiet place was like, yeah, this felt like something that was made for, you know, obviously big, you know, some big sets, some big, you know, mm-hmm. production stuff, but, it was just like a, a quiet place, but not as good. And that's, I can't see the return on it. I can't see like, how are these movies making money? That's what I actually don't understand. And I guess that's a, I I've, I've looked it up and I've read some stuff into it, but I'm not sure. I mean, because obviously, so Netflix makes money based on subscription services. Right. Um, so however many, sub, you know, subscribers Netflix has, but that's um, thing they have no ads, no ads, but I mean, they're obviously they're ta- I mean, they have a pot of money that they can do whatever they want with. They can invest it. They can, you know, do things like that. And yeah, I'm not sure how, I mean, to me, the smart thing and what it would appear that they're going to do with the Irishman Mm -hmm. is release it in theaters for a little bit. Yeah. Theaters. And, and I heard, I was listening to a pot, this, this big picture podcast that I listened to. They were talking about that teaser trailer for the Irishman. And they were just saying it was very, um, very interesting how, when they, when it showed, it showed, in theaters it's it said the in theaters first and it then it did. said and on net you know yes and, on and there netflix. was a good pause in between the in theaters yeah. and on netflix and on my cell phone <laughs> yeah. yeah aaron's cell phone <laughs> coming to a cell phone near aaron if anyone from the government is listening and you were ever you know that that uh the green you know at the beginning of the movies the green warning about <laughs> uh you know, or the big warning that the would FBI come up about. warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The FBI warning. That was made for Aaron Smith. <laughs> Listen, I, but I don't think it's illegal if I if I sell the downloads for a reasonable price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was in the fine print at the bottom of the FBI warning. <laughs> as long as you turn a profit. <laughs> yes, it's okay. And I pay taxes on most of it. <laughs> That brings up a good point real quick. I don't know if you have anything else to add about that, but I am a little concerned about the de-aging of the Irishman because I read that about half of the movie is using the the de-aging tech. Now, see, here's the thing, though. At least with that, it's still De Niro giving the performance. It's still Pesci, Pacino giving the performance. But I have not seen... It's been a while since I've seen Benjamin Button, and I know David Fincher is like a master at how to use CGI. Um just look no further than the Zodiac and just some things they've done with that. But uh, I I have not really seen, I mean, just look at the Star Wars prequels or just any usage of, you know, post-mortem, 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 Leia. 
<laughs> post-mortem Philip Seymour Hoffman in the oh, Hunger yeah. Games. I have not seen any believable de-aging technology. And I know Scorsese's kind of a stickler when it comes to that, but I, I don't know. That kind of concerns me. I really want to see a trailer. Michael bad. Douglas in the Ant-Man, he looked... That's Young. true. However, this yeah. is not being produced by Disney, Marvel, Star Wars conglomerate. Okay. I I mean, you got to hope and and pray that Scorsese wouldn't wouldn't get yeah. this this cast that wouldn't get these together. Oh my wouldn't, goodness. wouldn't pull Joe Pesci out of out, of, out of the <laughs> ultimate retirement. I mean, the man hasn't been seen in <laughs> since uh what what was it? The I don't what, even know. No, what's the movie? It, it had a oh, The Good Shepherd. He was in the he had a small right. role in The Good Shepherd and I think that was his last. I was so excited. That was the most scene I was most excited about and it was literally like 30 seconds. I know. It was and like it was so forgettable. Conversation with an old Joe Pesci who looked super old in that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what he's been doing, but I mean, it's a pretty Hanging out with Daniel Stern pulling B&Es. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pull Home if you're going to get De Niro, oh. Pacino, Pesci and Harvey Keitel Oh, that's on, right. So, yeah, on and and the try wolf. and it's gonna gonna me- be a mess. I, I and I hear DiCaprio might be pulling a cameo as Bobby Kennedy. That would be cool. Um, oh, yeah. Man. So hopefully it's good. But yeah, I do worry about when you're doing when you're messing with that that kind of <laughs> with the natural order of with things. the natural <laughs> order yeah which is you know cre- making all these guys look you know 40 years younger than what they are i mean that's i mean that's the thing there's talks of people are saying like is that gonna be the future of movies where you can just make whatever movie you want with all dead people <laughs> thanks a lot hologram tupac <laughs> yeah but i think you know the netflix yeah i don't know i would love to see i'd love to sit down and netflix if you're listening i'll be willing to, to <laughs> meet with any, meet yeah meet with any of you i would just like to see like the um i'd like to see the books i'd like to see like how they i mean how they assess things i'd like to sit around with them and like how they okay we're going to invest because i mean they're investing a ton of like aaron like you said i mean that kind of you know if they have a you know a billion dollars you know that they're you know planning to that they would plan over the course of time to you know, invest. I mean, you know, and Bert movies aren't cheap to make. Like Bird Box could not have been a cheap movie to make. Uh, you know, with everything that they had going on in it, and I just would like to see. Okay, this is how much money you're allocating to this movie. Like, where's the, like, where's the black coming from? You know, yeah. the, in in the books. Has anyone ever said, hey, you know what, uh, Bird Box or War Machine or anything like that? Man, I I hear good things. I'm gonna get a subscription to Netflix. Like, does, is that how this pans out? Because I, I don't get it. I've either. never gotten a survey saying, hey, what did you think? I mean, I guess there's the like, you know, button after the movie or anything like that. But, I mean, I don't know. I There's got to be some kind of a follow-up to let them know how they're doing with these movies. And I don't even pay for Netflix. Because here's the thing. I mean. That's the thing. And that's, I mean, honestly, what I think. Wait, what? That's the, I mean, he probably <clears> just uses <throat> an account from, you know, some, yeah. And that's everybody's Ostensibly. doing. Everybody's doing that. I mean, honestly, allegedly. Um, what I've what I've wondered, and I'm just surprised they haven't done it because, I mean, for Netflix, I mean, what's the? Is it that difficult to tell whether the login is on? Like, I, I mean, they're talking about looking into that stuff. They just now. they just uh, talked about or came There's up with an algorithm. Yeah, yeah, to talk yeah. about password sharing. Sure, 
that's an easy way i mean that's an easy way to get eight bucks out of you know what however many other how many million people one there's your movies yeah i can't even think of any other made for netflix movies i am excited about this new one with ben affleck and oscar isaac charlie hunan human (laughs) yeah i like from pacific run oscar isaac is great oscar isaac is great um, drive that's coming up that's right mm-hmm. underrated performance in that what are you gonna do tough guy you gonna beat him up for me <laughs> love that performance here's so here's the close segment uh and i i think that it would be fun to talk about because no one's talking about these things and you have to ask yourself why but uh recently speaking of netflix i went back into the old pierce brosnan archive the vault and I started watching a lot of the old double O's. As you should be. He killed it in 007. He did. And I think it's it's such a contrast to Daniel Probably Craig. Probably save the franchise. Sorry, I, I keep interrupting you. That's okay. You I'll, apologized. I'll, I'll hold that thought. <laughs> Throw well, it away. I'm pretty sure he did save it. I mean, before yeah. him was what? Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton, who oh, had only man. two movies yep. and tanked it. And that was the thing. There was like a six-year lull, I think. They Goldeneye were, they was 95. Living Daylights or whatever his last one was, License to Kill. Be like 89. 89. Yeah. With, trivia note, a young Benicio del Toro. Nice. The Collector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some know him as that. Others know him for better roles. Yes. Such as, uh, <laughs> 21 Grams, Traffic. Sicario. Sicario. A lot of Way of the Guns. Usual suspects. Usual, yeah, usual suspects. I don't know if we can talk about Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> You're the Esquire. What's going you know, on with Kevin? I'll tell you one thing that's going on. And speaking of, of Netflix. Um, Ian McKellen will tell you what's going on with Kevin. He's yeah. in hot water right now. <laughs> the last season of House of Cards was so bad. Without Kevin? Just abysmal. I mean, it was... It was so bad. They should have just not, like, I understand that they felt like they needed to do it because of there just was no end. But I really would have preferred there to just have, it it just have ended how it ended at the end. Because it was just, it was so bad. The the ending of it, I won't ruin it for anyone. Is it almost almost worth watching because it was so bad? The last season? I never watched the last season. I, I'm gonna be. I wouldn't even recommend it. Honestly, when I got, I mean, when, the, and I'll tell you what. The only reason that I, the only reason that I kept watching is because uh, a buddy of mine from work. I mean, it, it was bad from the beginning. I was not enjoying it, and a buddy of mine from work was like, you know, and I think there's only eight episodes or something in the eight, seven or eight episodes in the last season, so there aren't as many. A buddy of mine from work said, the last two ep, like, it gets better, and like the last two episodes or, or, you know, the, the second to last episode he said is, is good. And, um, you know, the last episode's pretty good with not such a great ending. And so I kept, I'm like, well, he said, I just got to get to that. So when I got to the second to last episode, like after it was done, I went to work the next day and I said, so I only got one episode left. And he said, yeah, wasn't that last one? You know, didn't you feel like it was kind of getting, a little better and i said no i really i really didn't feel i, I mean he was trolling you yeah so i i honestly i would not recommend watching it it was really really bad okay and yeah 
It's unfortunate. So he got he stopped uh, doing the show because of health problems. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, in a, in a way, that's a good that's a good uh, lawyerly response to it. Um, yeah, he client. went to a farm upstate. Yeah. Oh wait, that's what you say for dead dogs. We'll see. I will say that um, he's. I, <laughs> we'll see him in twenty five to life. Well, I don't know because I will say I watched because uh, uh, a good friend of mine had told me he said you got to watch you need to look up Kevin Spacey's arraignment here and you got to see this attorney he's got oh, representing no. him and uh, it's this guy his name's Alan Jackson not to be confused with the country singer <laughs> but uh, <laughs> his name's his name's Alan Jackson he's um, he's an attorney he's a criminal defense attorney from L A. And um, so Kevin's case that he's charged in is in Nantucket County. So they're in, you know, in Massachusetts. And um, man, this guy is super smooth. And like all that I felt like and watched, it was just a really simple, it was a, it was a basic hearing where they were just talking about um, uh, Kevin, Kevin Spacey's attorney had, had filed something in order to make sure that certain cell phone records and things like that were preserved. So they were really just kind of discussing some procedural aspects of that. And, um, when I was watching it, like the, the prosecutor who, uh, you know, was, was in the court and then the, the juxtaposition between the prosecutor who was in the court and then like Alan Jackson, who, you know, straight in from, from LA, I, I was just, and he was so nice, you know, so just smooth, so, fl- you know, so cordial, you know, um, you know, always referred to, uh, you know, cause in, in, it's the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So sometimes, you know, if you were a criminal defense attorney, if you'd be referring to, you know, you may say, well, you know, whatever the state, you know, what if you were in Ohio, you know, it'd be the state of Ohio is who yeah. the prosecutors are representing. So you may say, you know, well, it's the, you know, whatever the state prefers and stuff. So he kept referring to this, you know, he kept referring to him as the Commonwealth, you know, whatever the Commonwealth, you know, if that's, if that's good with the Commonwealth and that's, that's fine with us. And I was just watching and I'm like, man, this guy is just ready to, he's going to eat this prosecutor alive. Like there's just the, the prosecutor wasn't that, he's not that old. Um, this Alan Jackson guy's got a lot of experience on him, hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And also, I mean, in the in the weirdest move of all time, I mean, the "Let Me Be Frank" video that oh was released goodness. by you Kevin heard about Spacey. that, didn't you? No. Oh well, you should after the podcast. So you was it look Thanksgiving it or Christmas? It was Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like right. Kevin put it out something. Yes. He did a video as Frank Underwood, his character, and it was thinly veiled that that he was talking about his real life accusations of being a sexual predator. Only any in character. Yeah. In character. And he put it out. I think the day like. It was either the the Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas. Yeah, and it was like the day before he got charged with stuff. Yes, Um, or or shortly after he got charged. The timing was was kind of odd, but um, it's not the kind of video that you put out unless you know, like, and know (laughs) that you got a guy like Alan Jackson in your corner who is gonna roll in. And number one, I mean, is you know as an attorney watching it, I was just thinking, Oh, I feel so bad for whoever his attorney is who probably did not, you know, there's no set of facts where you could have said, yep, I think that's go with that. Um, that's going to really <laughs> help us out. But it's one of those, like you don't put something like that out unless 
you know, things might end up being okay. That's scary. Uh, yeah, it was – it'll be an interesting thing. We'll have Either to follow way, the case and get your, your ongoing take on it as things develop. On Kevin Spacey's ongoing – yeah. I mean, it's – it's at the end of the day, it's just it's unfortunate. I mean, obviously for everything that's happened, I mean, here you have – you got one of the greatest actors of all time. I mean, who's just – I mean, few and far between. And Fred Claus was probably my favorite. <laughs> a good performance by Kevin Spacey. It, it was. Paul, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really good. Probably hands down the best Santa Claus since Tim Allen. Yes. Easily. Yeah. And Christmas time, we can do it. Uh, Santa Claus. Yeah. We should do it. Uh, we could do it now. But Kurt Russell, <laughs> that was a Netflix original. That was. And again, I I enjoyed it as like a oh if I can pretend like I'm 12 again yeah you know I I enjoyed it in that stance but I didn't laugh like I like I'll still put on the Santa Claus today and laugh especially yes. whenever Tim Allen talks about you Neil. know field dressing a cat <laughs> and Neil in his sweaters <laughs> what's Judge, Charlie doing uh, he's upstairs jumping up and down with galoshes pretending like he's talking to reindeer <laughs> I'm not talking about Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Reinbold, folks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Most awesome name. Yes. But um, where are we going with that? Oh, oh, but yeah, that's the thing. Kurt, it wasn't like I wouldn't see that in the theater. I cannot, I can't picture it being released. I'll put it that way. Right. I can't picture it being released, having a trailer, having a marketing team, and going and seeing it. It, just, it seemed like it was definitely a made-for-TV movie. And I think oh. to that point, I think that's, I mean... To me, that's Netflix wheelhouse. I listen to Bill Simmons' podcast a lot. Yeah. Um, and if he's listening to this, he can come on if he wants. I'd love to hang out with him. Um, but he always talks about they do, you know, some different movie podcasts and stuff. And something a question that he always asks that I find is interesting is he'll talk about certain movies and he'll say, Would this movie work better? Would you enjoy it more as a ten episode Netflix series? And mm. I think that's an interesting look like in a lot of stuff. And I think to me, that's Netflix. That's their niche. That's yeah. where they need it. Cause I mean, they have some awesome series. I mean, Ozark, uh, I mean, Jason Bateman, awesome series with him. Stranger things, stranger things. Um, at least two of the five Marvel shows that they had on there, which that's a whole nother topic for another day. But Punisher, Punisher mean, and daredevil were, yeah. Great. The first season of Punisher, you want to talk about some oh, some serious. One of my favorites. Yes. yes. Yeah. Season two of Daredevil was really good too. And season one. I haven't seen season three yet, but season three was was good. Yeah. Unfortunately well, now it's Disney streaming service is gonna pick all these things up. Yeah. And that'll be the inter that's the interesting thing. Into the future. Oh, um, good night. And you know, we're going to have them. DC already has their own streaming service. I mean, how long before all of these other, like Warner Brothers, Universal, Paramount, 20th Century, how long before they start getting their own Disney or their own streaming services and they pull their content off Netflix and then all you have is the Netflix originals? Well, and then what's going to, you know, I uh, was talking to good friend and scholar Nicholas Forshone. Yes. We get on here. And, we uh, need to get him on here. He, uh, what he said is what Apple will do is they'll just hang back and let all these companies right now just kind of beat each other up and bring up, you know, new streaming services and stuff. And then 
he he thinks that they'll they're gonna make some kind of deal with Spectrum, and then they're just gonna buy everything. Oh my gosh! And then they'll have a live they'll be a live you know a live TV service you know combined with Spectrum with Apple, and then Apple can you know do whatever they want with their other streaming. And I think that's I mean. So we'll see. I mean, it's interesting with what's happened with Netflix and and movies, and you know that's we don't know yet where it's trending to. I mean, like things we were talking. You know, Steven Spielberg is apparently going to you know at the mm. Academy Award Board of Governors meeting this week is basically going to have a discussion where movies that were on Netflix like could not be if he had it his way and they would implement whatever he's going to, you know, would suggest then movies that were sold, you know, Netflix movies would not be up for best picture. Um, you know, in this year, I mean, by and large before green book won, um, which I didn't, I, I didn't see, um, my father-in-law down to Gregory saw it actually. <laughs> and, uh, he was yeah, actually the day before the Oscars. He said, I what hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't win anything because initially, uh, my mother-in-law asked him to go see it and he was like, I don't want to go. Yeah, he just like scoffed at it. <laughs> and then later somebody said something about it and he's like, oh yeah, that will sound good. And my mother-in-law was like, I already asked you to go see that. So they went and <laughs> saw it at the palace and um, he said, I hope it doesn't win anything because I'm, I'm going to be in trouble. And then of course it you know wins best picture. But um, a lot of people thought Roma was going to win. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the, you know, by and large, I mean, Alfonso Corion, who obviously, you know, did Gravity and... Children of Men. Children of Men, good flick. Um, a lot of people thought Roma was, that Roma was going to win. And it's a Netflix movie. It's a it's a black and white subtitled movie on Netflix. Like, that's the Oscar stuff bait. that the, uh, the Academy used to have as nominated and won. And then you have, like, all this other just, you know, Black Panther thrown in. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, <sighs> at this point, and I, and the big takeaway, you know, from that, that I kept hearing from the Oscars, you know, is a matter of the, the powers that be and the voters in the Academy, they are not ready to, and that's, that's the tug, you know, the, the, the tug of war kind of game I think you're going to see as, as Netflix continues to grow is our people in the who's who of Hollywood are they willing to kind of give in to that that aspect of it? Mm. Are they willing to give up control in the Hollywood realm? I mean, if Netflix if Netflix can make a movie and win the Academy Award for Best Picture, then it's like, okay, what's yeah. what do we need to go to the movies for? Like, what do we and and yeah. the world so you know like Corey was saying, yeah, I think that there's something something to be said about going to. I don't go to the movies as much as I used to, unfortunately, but there's something to be said about going to the movie. You can't just be on your phone. You can't be doing stuff. But a lot right. of people are like, TV, you know, you can have such a great surround sound system at home now. You can have a great TV. Yeah. You can have, you know, people are like, I don't want to, you know, I want to be able to do whatever on my phone. I want to do stuff. And that's that's unfortunate. I mean, just think how different it is going to the movies now. Think how different it is even with a movie, even before a movie's released. Like you mentioned, like some stuff about social media. I mean, the way that social media is right now and the way that, that everything, I mean, a movie can be, I mean, you've always had critics who are going to talk about stuff. I mean, but a movie could be utterly like destroyed. Mm -hmm. I mean, absolutely. Like before it even, you know, just because of, uh, just, I mean, you get a bad buzz in, in social media and it's, it's like, well, it's, it's gone. Well, and that's the thing too. And you have people online on social media who 
instead of actually reading the reviews or actually seeing the movie themselves, they're going to Rotten Tomatoes, they're seeing that one little score up in the top right corner, and then they're going online like, yeah, this movie's going to suck, I don't want to see it, and then that's how the buzz spreads. And, I mean, that's where I'm thinking, like, you know, again, no, I don't think Rotten Tomatoes is owned by Disney. I mean, goodness, Disney does have a lot of money that they could buy off a lot of reporters to give bad buzz to certain movies, just saying. Conspiracy theory. Search that one out on Google. But um, besides the point, you know, I think a lot of people, again, instead of actually reading a review, reading someone's artistic, you know, scholarly, journalistic input on a movie... They just see that score and they make up their mind as to whether or not they want to see it or not. When you look at it, there's a ton of excellent movies that actually are, you know, rated poorly on Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, again, it's usually movies that existed before the social media age. But I mean, yeah. not that it was the, a phenomenal movie, but like Batman versus Superman, at which I enjoyed. I mean, I, mm. you know, there were things I would change, obviously, but. It got like a twenty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Like, that's pretty low. Now I um, agree. I'm of the few that I think the director's cut. Did you see the director's cut? Yes. Oh, I thought it was so much better than the theatrical. But that's where Aaron and I, after we saw Venom, we were like, "How on earth is this twenty-eight percent?" Again, it wasn't. We're not talking like this is our Black Panther here or anything like that. It wasn't like you know game changer either but just the performance by hardy and just the idea that it didn't try to be the game changer comic book superhero movie it was just a fun movie with venom done right you know not the you know no offense to whatever your face from that 70s show is when you were in spider-man 3 and you (laughs) were venom you were you were given the hand you were dealt and boy you played your cards like a champ but uh (laughs) It just wasn't in it for you, but not in it for Tobey Maguire either. No, <laughs> nor his emo haircut and his little finger pistols. <laughs> what an what an awful what a I mean, there there should have been your first question: Has Tobey Maguire ever been good or been in Sea Biscuit? Sea Biscuit. I and, haven't. And even seen that, it. I mean, the focal point is the horse <laughs> and, and Jeff. And I mean, you got some other. And you got Jeff Bridges. Yeah, you got some and Diane. Le- you got some other anchors in the movie. Right. <laughs> I mean, other than that, you were the jockey. Yeah. In that movie, The Great Gatsby. I thought he was awful in it. Which like, he's only in that movie because he and DiCaprio are I actually long term friends. Right. Oddly enough, they didn't yeah. strike me. As, Figure that. Yeah. Speaking of anchors. Let's pull this one into the uh, boat and head back towards shore. Brandon, wow. since that was pretty so good. So yes. mythical and poetic. Not yeah. Bad. Since uh, this is your first time here with us, uh, I want to give you the floor, let you close the show out with a Seinfeld story. Of yes. Sorts. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I so can't wait. This, this happened, and Jessica, if you're listening, I love you, and I'm, I'm sorry to tell wow, the story. But he I actually think name dropped her. I, I think you'll. I'm not going to say my wife, whom shall not be named, <laughs> who, who may or may not be named Jessica. No. Um. This this is funny, and now it's funny because it's happened, and at the time it it wasn't, and it was a rough time for her. But um, wow. this was about three weeks ago. So Jessica's brother Adam. Um, recently turned 21. We took him, it, me, Jessica, 
my sister-in-law Hannah and Adam and his girlfriend Julia, we took we took him to it. We went on a tour of the Great Lakes Brewing Company up in up in Cleveland, which was cool. It was cool to you know go on the tour and uh, you know just kind of see how they make everything. Um, it's an employee-owned company, which is really interesting. I mean, every like everyone in there is an owner. Like making like they make ginger ale. They make ginger ale. Yeah, they make a uh, a lot of ginger ale. But um, so we we went there. We went there kind of earlier at, at like two o'clock. Was the tour? The tour takes about an hour. So we get done with the tour. We went and got something to eat. Um, uh, on East Fourth at a place called Butcher and the Brewer. Jessica had kind of not been feeling all that great. Was Daniel like, Day Lewis there as no, the butcher? I, he should no. be though. That would be great. Bill in the back. <laughs> That's a kill. <laughs> That's the wound. Uh, so Jessica had she hadn't been feeling all that great even from earlier in the day, and like while we were on the tour, she just hadn't hadn't been feeling that great, and um, so she just kind of thought she's like, I just need to eat something. And, um, we got some food at butcher and the brewer, but she really, you know, she didn't eat a lot and she just wasn't feeling that good. So, um, we, uh, we're leaving butcher and the brewer. We're walking down the East fourth and Jessica really wasn't feeling good. And I mean, I, she looked like she was going to be sick. And I told her, I'm like, do you want to, you know, we don't have, like we weren't in any, we didn't have any agenda or anything. We were literally just going back to the car and Adam and Julia, um, had, we had met them, we stopped, uh, met them at an exit along 77. They had gotten the car with us. So the four of us were walking back to the car and Jessica's just, she's like, I just want to get, you know, and I understand we've all been there. Like, if you just kind of feel sick, like I just want to, you know, I'm not trying to go in anywhere and get sick. I just want to sit down. I want to get home and, and go from there. So, um, we we're driving, Jessica just got a new car. Um, so we had driven, we had driven it up. So we get, we get in the car and we're driving and we, you know, we, it took about 25 minutes to get to the exit where we were and she had kind of fallen asleep and she was fine. And so then we, uh, we get off at the exit and I, I get off and then I'm sitting at a light and we're waiting to turn into this little plaza where Adam's car was or Adam's girlfriend's car was. So we could go, we're sitting at the light and Jessica wakes up. And she's kind of sitting there and then she like coughs and like covers her <laughs> mouth. And I'm just, you know, I knew what was, what was going to happen. And, uh, next, I couldn't go anywhere. I'm stuck at a stoplight. And so Jessica just throws up in the floor, uh, of her new car all you know just all over the mat it was a lot so then i'm i mean i'm stuck in the light i'm like i can't even you know i can't even go anywhere so i pull i i the light turns green i go through um tur- you know pull off to the side and jessica's like leaned out of the car there's snow and stuff you know meanwhile at you know i mean there's nothing i mean there's nothing i could do and you know adam and his girlfriend are in the back like just looking mortified as you know <laughs> Jessica's just you know just sick as can be and uh so I was like Adam why don't you, you know why don't you guys just go just you know you can go to your car it's over there we'll, we got some stuff to do so you know Jessica like got she like takes her she like gets out of the car and um I'm like just get I'm like get in the back just get in the back seat I'm like we're gonna drive to this gas station I'm gonna get some paper towels and stuff and uh we <laughs> we drive like 
or, or as we're sitting there, like Jessica like lifts, uh, she lifts up the uh, the car mat, like the mat, which you know has just puke all in it, and I'm like, don't do like just le- like get in the back, everything's gonna be fine, and she like gets it out and just puts it in the snow, so which didn't I mean really didn't solve anything, and then it was I'm just like okay great, so we li- we put the car mat back in the car. I'm like, just get in the back seat. So she gets in the back seat. I go to this gas station. I buy these paper towels and stuff. I'm like trying to do what I can. And uh, then we get back, you know, so I get back on the, I'm going to get back on the highway. We're getting on the road. And then Jessica was like, where are my shoes? Oh. And uh, I'm like, I like look down in the, down in the floor and I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, well, I, I left them then. Like, cause she had taken them off when she got out of, got out of the car. And I was like, okay, do, do you really need, like, you, do you need them? I mean, you, threw, you know, and, and cause I mean, obviously her shoes took the, the, uh, the brunt of the, uh, you know, the puke. And so she's like, well, I, I've only worn them like twice. And, I'm like, okay. So we, you know, went down, had to get off at an exit, you know, circle back around. We come back to the, uh, we come back to where, you know, where I had pulled off and the shoes are gone. And like, she gets out, like we get there and she gets out and felt she's like, they're gone. And I'm like, (laughs) what? And she's like, yeah, these shoes are gone. And, uh, I'm like, okay, well, whoever took them obviously needed them, you know, a lot more, (laughs) a lot more than you. And, um, so we get, so we get back home and, uh, you know, whatever, clean the car out, do everything like that. And then like the next day, so like at, and we texted Adam later that night, like, Hey, sorry, you know, hope you had a good time other than the happy birthday, happy (laughs) birthday other than the car, you know, puke, you know, puke story. But, uh, so then the next day, like it turns out that Adam and his girlfriend had gone, had picked up the shoes and like, and he didn't tell anybody until like the the day after. So that's like the whole scene that happened. But honestly, I felt like in looking back on it, I'm like, this would be like a perfect Seinfeld episode. (laughs) I mean, imagine, I mean, this is clearly something that would happen to George Costanza. I mean, he would like puke on his shoes, put them out of the car, <laughs> you know, they'd get taken, yes. you know, him, him like bust in the door and be like, they're gone. Like just, you know, <laughs> somebody took him. Well, yeah. yeah. Gary. Yeah. And then I could, and then all I envisioned was like, you know, and I could just see a whole episode built around like <laughs> him puking on his shoes, him having to take them out of the car and then they're gone. And then like the whole episode is spent like, trying to find the shoe you know trying to find the shoes like i felt like kramer would have rolled in and been like oh i can get you some shoes like I yeah by sacramento yeah yeah like i know a guy and only to like end you know obviously the episode would end with someone being like oh i had him the whole time elaine elaine yeah i picked him up for you and cleaned him and adam did that so kudos to him because he cleaned the shoes so you know what strikes me about that story is ginger ale usually calms your stomach. There was yet- no, uh, I will, there was no uh, drinking of ginger ale or anything of that nature from, uh, from Jessica. Cause she wasn't feeling, she wasn't feeling good. Like oh, the, the whole time, day. the whole time. Oh. Yeah. So she was just, so it was, she really just got sick, just really got sick. And she was like laid up for, for a while, but uh, it was a wild scene to witness for sure. Um, especially in the new car. That's the worst. Yeah. You know what? 
not only can I see that as a Netflix episode, or dang it, I just ruined my. Oh boy, that was gonna be my closing line. Like, <laughs> not only can I see that as a, a Seinfeld episode, I can see that as a made-for-Netflix original. Yeah, no TV speaking movie. lines for you, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know I'm what just, fine stands for. You know what? I'm just too hip to be square. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was the cue for the end and what you're going to hear next is what we all hope to hear every day yes <laughs> yeah the song yeah oh okay <laughs> would you guys come back and do this again yes uh, contact my agent first okay i don't care about you i'm i'm mostly interested <laughs> <laughs> the story i got you. the commitment as long as the, as long as this mccain palin hat stays here <laughs> i'll be here it's a fixture <laughs> yeah also a relic <laughs> How things go for their uh, their campaign? Uh, could have been better. <laughs> Some would say they didn't have great chemistry. Yeah, or no chemistry. <laughs> right. Um, you know they, they're doing okay now, though. Oh my goodness. Well, anyways, <laughs> until next time. <laughs> tune in, follow along, and we'll have uh, some updates about uh, Kevin Spacey's pedophilia and, I don't know, whatever else happens, but uh, we'll try to keep it cheerful. Here's a little something from Huey Lewis and the and news. And the news. Thanks for joining us, guys. <laughs> <laughs>